Welcome again to another season of Beyond the Title, where we speak with exceptional professionals with extraordinary experiences. Now, after 51 episodes and two seasons under our belt, we are kicking off with season three. I know, right? Three seasons. Now, third season, here we go. Every month, we research top professionals, their work, the colleagues they inspire, what makes them unique leaders that they are. Now, with a grateful heart, we at Insider are overwhelmed with the DMs and emails and feedback that we get from each of you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Joining us this spectacular, I know, I know, I did say spectacular month, is award-winning Fortune 100 executive, Sunita Lonto. She is the global marketing head at HP and board member at Sonra. Welcome, Sunita. How are you doing today? doing great thank you so much for having me here today steve sunita it's it's a pleasure to have you now where are you dialing in from on this beautiful day i am dialing in from a beautiful san francisco today very nice i'm looking outside very sunny uh looking forward to a good weekend here awesome awesome now of course we are in in october this is i think you're you're also moving towards your winter season is that correct uh, maybe in about a month, hopefully, yes. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, as we get into that winter months, I know we are always thinking about how to keep ourselves warm and, of course, creative ideas and innovation, mm -hmm. innovative ideas do flow in. So uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do? How did you get to this point in your career? Yeah. So again, thank you so much for this opportunity to share perspective. Um, so for the past 25 years, Steve, I've had the privilege to basically lead and advise at the intersection of innovation, disruptive technologies, and also digital transformation. And my experience is actually quite diverse, including, you know, entrepreneurial, my own company, and then, you know, uh, starting and growing new businesses within large global uh, Fortune 100 companies such as HP and previously at Siemens, but also with smaller, more entrepreneurial venture-backed Silicon Valley uh, startups. So as I look back at my career, I think it wasn't always clear which industry or career path, but I had a few guiding principles. You know, the first is I realized I really loved that intersection of new technology, new business models and policy. And then second, I wanted to work in an area that's contributing something more to society rather than just selling a product. And so leveraging these two guiding principles, I've been able to focus on Internet of Things, IoT prior, and then today in 3D printing. And I really feel uh, fortunate, you know, because I think working in these new areas really have enabled me to find that intersection of my passion, which is what I love. And then my skills, you know, I'm pretty good at starting and growing, you know, new disruptive businesses, but also uh, my purpose, because all of these new areas at the end of the day are actually delivering positive impacts, not only to businesses, but more important, you know, to customers, consumers and society. So, you know, that's a little bit of uh, the story of my life. Awesome. You mentioned purpose, you know, the purpose of, of, of what drives you forward. So what is the ikigai that, that you live by? What is the philosophy that gets you out of bed every morning? Yeah, great, great question. And I think for, for me, at least, it was a journey. It was not always uh, obvious, of course. But at the end of the day, I think it's about creating impact. 
you know, it's about delivering value. Again, as I mentioned, not only to customers, which as most of our customers are other businesses, but also to their consumers and then, you know, to society and the environment. Because a lot of the work that I've been involved with, you know, usually involve creating more efficiencies, uh, you know, reducing kind of greenhouse gas emissions and inefficiencies. So there is kind of that additionality factor. And for me, again, it's very important and I feel fortunate that I've been able to find that intersection of passion, skills, and purpose. And at the end of the day, it's about, you know, creating impact, knowing that whatever you're doing actually has that additionality factor other than just, you know, selling a product or selling solutions. Awesome, awesome. And I, I know you you joined us at Reshape, uh, where we did speak about, you know, how businesses are impacting the, the space of, of sustainability. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, around DEI and creating more, I would say, impact-driven conversations uh-huh. and activities to make sure we're all moving towards a very, very interesting, but also very sustainable future. Um, now, I've heard a few of your talks and a lot of your talks and articles that you've uh, written or, or spoke at uh, center around growth mindset. Uh, now, and of course, you know, the importance of this towards the business. Uh, can you share some perspectives on how one can develop a growth mindset? Yeah, another great question. Um, I think the core, at the end of the day, the core of growth mindset is really about having the right positive attitude and always looking for ways to improve oneself. And one way that I've noticed people do this pretty well is actually by seeking constructive feedbacks, which by the way, Steve, is not that good. Uh, it's not that easy because the truth is most people are actually not good at it. You know, they're, if anything, they're actually terrible at it. So you might wonder why, why, why that is. And actually I read a research uh, by Harvard once that said that physiologically, feedback actually trigger three main reactions in human beings you know the first is the truth trigger where when someone gives you feedbacks immediately you want to look at 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 to what's wrong with the feedback and then the second is relationship trigger which is how you feel about that feedback um sometimes depends on who's giving you the feedback is it someone that you respect or not but the last one which is the most important is the identity trigger is actually how you emotionally feel and uh, personally process the feedback really depends on the story that you tell yourself about the feedback. And just based on my experiences, you know, throughout the years, you know, be it from college, I went to university with a lot of Olympic athletes, actually. And I noticed that, you know, these kind of like really high achieving people, they actually are very good with looking uh, uh Uh, asking for constructive feedbacks and the stories that they tell themselves is always something positive because they want to continue to grow yourself. So I guess at the end of the day, when you ask, how do you, how do you develop, you know, growth mindset? I think it's by having an open mind and by being good at looking at and asking for constructive feedbacks. Oh, wow. By the way, I did, I have not read the Harvard review, uh, the, the research on this, but now you've already put that into my mind. This is going to be my read for the weekend. Great. No, thank you. Thank you for that. And, and thank you for elucidating us on, on the same. Um, now, going from, from a little, uh, let's say, deep conversation to a slightly lighter one. We are in the season of Halloween. 
uh, you know, it's it's become a, a global festivity, um, not to mention peak season. Yay! Uh, so, did, did you, do you have any any favorite Halloween movies, TV shows, or characters that you that you associate to write write about now? Yeah, so I'll answer that slightly differently, Steve, because I am uh, afraid of horror movies. And, you know, of course, as you can imagine, most Halloween movies are kind of horror movies. I got scared, so I don't watch too many horror movies. However, I enjoy celebrating Halloween, you know, wearing interesting costumes, go to Halloween parties, meet friends, you know, see all kinds of interesting costumes that they might wear. And uh, one thing, and I think we had this conversation before starting the podcast, uh, I find it very interesting when you start seeing people wearing costumes that are very in vogue with like what's going on. So I would imagine probably in the U.S., you know, like uh, this year, you might see some people wearing costumes from the Squid Game uh, Netflix show because, you know, it's exploding here in the U.S. and it's happening in Halloween. You know, you can totally see how, you know, you're going to see some people wearing some costumes from that show. Yeah. Can ask you if if you were to go out for a Halloween party this year, which character would you go as? Yeah, uh, uh, my favorite character from that movie is actually Ali. You know, because I think he's a very good person. I really like him. Uh, I don't think I look like him, but uh, <laughs> but probably <laughs> I'm just going to wear uh, you know one of the con uh, the, the the people who who participate in the game. You know, and just wear that that kind of costume. You know, in my mind, though I, I do love quite a few characters, and I think Ji Yong would have been one of my favorites, or, or Huang Junho. I don't think I could pull off their costumes this year. <laughs> However, <laughs> the guards, the guards' costume is quite quite an interesting one, right? Yeah. Magenta, pink, overall. <laughs> with yeah, the and then triangle. With the, yeah, exactly, the triangle or the, the square. <laughs> yeah, that will be interesting, too. I, I'm looking forward to that. If, again, I'm not sure what my Halloween party uh, plans are, but I hope you have a really, really nice one. And I hope you're going to write us on LinkedIn telling us what you're going to be doing this Halloween. Sure. Likewise. Hopefully you'll have a good Halloween, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so going to a bit of that leadership question, we did touch upon that, right, from growth mindset to, to taking feedback. Um, so when you talk about leadership principles you know what experiences led you to uh, led you to develop leadership leadership qualities leadership principles what is it that that you strive by mm -hmm. yeah um very very good question and i know you know like your podcast also focus on leadership and i think for most people leadership is a journey and likewise for me it's been a journey and over the years they have evolved but overall i would say my leadership principles can be summarized as follows. You know, I think first and foremost, leaders are customer focused. You know, I've been involved with so many new disruptive technologies. Sometimes you work with very brilliant, you know, innovators and engineers. But at the end of the day, as a leader, you have to be able to articulate, you know, how your solutions actually helping to solve customer problems. So it's customer focused. And then second, I think leaders act like owners. And I think Jeff Bezos actually talk about this a lot, about how leaders should think long-term. You know, they think about the long-term and they will never sacrifice 
you know, long-term value for short-term results. I think sometimes, you know, in the business world, it's kind of tough because you're being measured quarter by quarter, but leaders, I think, have to uh, focus long-term. And then last but not least, this is more from a kind of personal perspective. I do believe as you grow in your leadership journey, uh, you'll start realizing that leaders actually develop other leaders uh, and not other followers, you know, and uh, there is actually this concept um, you know, in the U.S., Steve, from someone uh, called John Maxwell, where he talks about, you know, the different levels of leadership. You know, most people start in the beginning very easy. They're leaders because of their titles. But then as you keep growing in your leadership journey and to reach kind of the pinnacle of leadership, you will have to start realizing that at the end of the day, it's actually about developing other leaders because by doing that, not only are you being able to achieve more of your organizational goals, but you're actually changing the lives of all uh, members of your teams by doing that. And so uh, last but not least, I think very important, you know, leaders develop other leaders and they are really being intentional and willing uh, to do that. Actually, because you, you mentioned John Maxwell, one of his, his mm. books, uh, the 21 irrefutable laws of of leadership mm -hmm. was was is one of my favorite reads till date. Right, uh, right, and you also mentioned Jeff Bezos. Did uh, did you get to watch uh, the the uh, takeoff of uh, Blue Origin and William Shatner yesterday? Uh, unfortunately, not. I read, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, just the news news flash about it. But unfortunately, I I didn't get a chance to watch it live. Yet, you know, but maybe I'll you know go check it out this weekend. How, how was it? Did no, you watch it? I, I did. I did. I, I did watch uh, parts of it, not the entirety of it, because I was doing uh -huh. it while I was working, which is paying attention to a little bit outside. Um, but, you know, because you mentioned how leaders are in tune and so, so in tune with their customers, I think one of the best things Amazon has done, whether it is Prime TV, whether it's music, whether that is your e-commerce ma marketplace, is that they've listened and they continuously listen to their customers uh, you know through a variety of different uh, let's say tech properties uh, to a number of different algorithms but they have kept their customers first uh, totally. which is why they are they are they're doing what they're doing so exactly yeah and, and exactly. Also, you know I think uh, from some friends you know that uh, are working there at Amazon I think like they're also very uh, agile and iterative in terms of um, uh, putting into place customer feedbacks, you know what I mean? So they go out there, test things, talk to customers, get their feedbacks, you know, uh, you know, have this kind of closed loop to kind of like keep improving their processes or their offering based on customer feedbacks. I think that's really great. And I think more and more uh, tech companies should be doing that because uh, let's just be honest, I think some companies talk about being customer focused but when you really look at what they're doing, you know, like there are a lot of room for yeah. improvements. Yeah, exactly. Well, as long as they're making those improvements and not just yes. promising. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you're a busy person. I've, I've seen you, you know, being uh, one of the board members at Sunrun. You are actively involved with HP as well. 
what is the one app that keeps you so structured and sane? Because I could imagine your day goes crazy. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. So again, uh, Steve, even in the beginning, I said I'm the oldies but goodies here. So I'm more <laughs> of the older generation here. So I don't use any app, okay? I only use my Outlook. Uh, it actually has worked pretty well for me. My calendar, I would say, pretty... Uh, neatly organized and reorganized, you know what I mean? And so I do not use any app, but basically just, you know, me and my uh, EA, we work together uh, to make sure that, you know, my my schedules uh, <laughs> are good and I can stay productive. Awesome, awesome. Do you use Outlook tasks as well? Uh, say that again? Uh, do, you look, do you use the task function on Outlook as well? No, so, it's, just, it's just a calendar. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is that crazy? I, I, it, well, you know, it's not crazy, but it is very novel to hear this today. Uh, you know what? Whenever I get to the U.S., I'm hoping you could give me a time to record a day in the life of Sunita. Sure, uh, sure. It will so be my... very, very insightful to us all. Yeah. So, so, Steve, just to be very honest with you, sometimes my challenges are actually three or four meetings that are scheduled at the same time. And I feel like, you know what I mean? Like in order to manage that, right? It's not like a task thing or a scheduling thing. At the end of the day, like you yourself have to work with the different stakeholders to determine where you should be at what time, you know? So a lot of my challenges are more that rather than uh, keeping like a to-do list or action items. It's more about where do I, where should I spend my time to be the most productive? If I take anything, if I take anything from today's call, that's going to be it. Uh, where should I spend my time to be more productive is a mantra. And, and you've seen this, I guess, in the last 18, 20 months. We've all been pulled into Zoom calls, Google Hangouts. A number of different meetings and we get bogged out bogged down with so many of those exactly awesome okay. awesome thank you thank you for the, for sharing that um now by the way just for our viewers guys that is not a virtual background that's actually sanita's place it's a workspace at home and it is gorgeous oh thank uh, you no, I, I just want to make sure that nobody thinks that's a virtual background. It's just beautiful the way the place you've got. It's not really neat, but you've got everything you need for work there. I would lie down on that sofa if I needed a five-minute cat nap, or just be able to focus. You know, not looking. And you've, I think you've got also direct sunlight coming in. I do. And, and Steve and the audience, unfortunately, I cannot share with you my view, but I'm actually overlooking San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge. And today, the, the you know, I'm just looking out right now. It's so clear. You can see the bridge. You know, you can see the water. It's actually really, really uh, fortunate, you know, to be able to do this, you know, work from home uh, and still be productive. I, I have to tell you, I was last in Frisco in 2014. Okay. In the U.S., it's one of my favorite places to go. It's very beautiful. Uh, it is. The, the wharf is just as gorgeous. You've got an amazing culture of, um, I forget the name of that lovely uh, stew dish with, with uh, seafood. It just slips my mind right now. Oh, like the Chiopino? Like a Chiopino or like a... 
I'm um, of a bread bowl. It's it's oh, oh, in a uh, bread bowl. Okay, got it. It's a uh, it's a soup. It's a um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Now I forget too. It's actually very good. <laughs> chowder, clam chowder. Chowder. Yes. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, thank yeah, you so yes. much. Oh. Uh, yes. And whenever we get back to traveling again, again, global tourism, we start again. Um, I will revisit uh, the rock. You should. And actually, uh, today I saw the White House just made an announcement. I think as of November 8th, the U.S. is open again for uh, yes. vaccinated travelers. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so next year, yay, we, we may even have a reshape USA. Yay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a few excitements over there. Uh, and I bring us back to this lovely conversation we're having with you, Sunita. And it's such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Um, now, you are an innovative business person, and oftentimes businesses need to encourage creativity and innovation. Mm -hmm. Thinkers who need to blossom. So within your teams that you that you, you know, lead, inspire, and encourage, how do you inspire more creativity and innovation in the workspace? Yeah, another great question. Uh, and I would imagine probably um, relevant for Insider too, right, as an innovative new company. I think at the end of the day, Steve, there's no template, you know, for inspiring innovation and creativity. But one of our roles as a leader, I think, is to create the safe space and environment so people are not afraid to experiment and think outside the box. And so for me, myself, I have a few guiding principles that, you know, I have seen to be pretty effective, you know. Uh, the first one is just to make it fun. You know, again, I lead a marketing team. Uh, at least before COVID, we used to meet, you know, quarterly in person. Um, and we usually have, uh, we, we um, even though, you know, most of the time we talk about business and the plan, but we usually reserve a time to have a fun session, you know, and during this fun session, people were divided into different teams and they go think of one big idea and then they come back to present it to the rest of the team, kind of like in the Shark Tank, you know, style. And it's competitive, it's fun. And then people came with all kinds of great ideas. And then the second, I would say, is actually to make it just part of your everyday existence. I think some companies mistakenly think that, oh, innovation, creativity is this big magical thing separate from the uh, companies' day-to-day -day operations. And I think that is actually not true because during COVID, what I've seen, you know, with my own teams, with other people at HP, when they're just trying to solve everyday problems, you know, be it trying to pivot because of COVID, trying to achieve more with less, you know, lots of budget cuts, right, during the pandemic, or trying to, you know, deliver better customer experience, people innovate, you know, in their everyday life. And then last but not least, and I think based on what I know of you guys, you guys do this a lot uh, at Insider, is to mix people with diverse backgrounds. And what I meant by that is not necessarily race or gender only, but, you know, people from different disciplines, different experiences and perspectives. So in my own team, for example, it's marketing. But when you look at us, we don't only come from the creative advertising background, but also people from technical, you know, engineering background people who have been with large companies, small companies, you know, yeah. people with experiences from hardware, software, services. And at the end of the day, I think when you mix, you know, these people with diverse backgrounds, what you get is what I call the value network. And basically what that is, is 
the interconnectedness and the interdependencies among the various kind of members of the network can actually deliver like a bigger benefits uh, for the network as a whole rather than just the individual member. And then I think this is truly where companies can really realize that the whole is bigger than just the sums of its parts. Very, very nicely and very tactfully said, Bersanita. I, I love uh, hearing that. In fact, yes, you're right. And inside of one of our strongest points, I have to say, is the ability to attract talent mm -hmm. across, not just, as you mentioned, it's not just geographies, it's not just races, it's not just mm -hmm. genders, but it's more. It's the ability to attract by where we have a number of musicians at Insider, which would be kind of an odd thing for a SaaS company. However, they are very productive. They have given us some of the best ideas we've had. Uh, we've had accountants in the marketing team to, to psychologists, uh, you know, joining us to talk about how the human brain works and how is our marketing supposed to support that. Wow. Uh, so, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us, Anita. Now, as we get to that lovely sweet spot of, of, of you know, closing the show, and I do want to uh, get a few things from you. Um, what is the one unique fact about Sunita, especially around how you got to Frisco, your lovely journey till there, the different companies you've worked at, if you could give us a highlight reel of your, of your career? Huh, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah. So I would say the unique thing probably uh, about me, Steve, I think, I think I told you before I was from Jakarta, Indonesia. I, you know, was born and grew up in Indonesia. I got sent here for school, actually, and the plan was not to stay here for this long. But, you know, as they said, you have a plan and then life has another plan for you. But I think probably the unique thing for me I've always been in an environment where, you know, I'm the minority, if you think about it, because even in Indonesia, I was, you know, female, uh, you know, kind of Chinese uh, Indonesian instead of, you know, native Indonesian. I was Catholic instead of, you know, Indonesia is 90% uh, Muslim majority country. So I've always kind of like been this, what from the outside people think is the minority. And then I got here again, I'm female, I'm Asian. I'm not American born, but you know what? Like I've always found actually being that minority uh, gives me a perspective that is truly global. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying Americans are not global, but you know, just by being able to like be from another country, come to another country and now have, you know, customers and been working with people from, from all kinds of places, right? Not just Americans, but also Europeans and Asian. I think it has really help me to develop that truly global perspective and can really um, look at things from very different perspective compared to someone that maybe just have one experience. So I think, you know, uh, to summarize kind of who I am and, you know, like what is the unique viewpoint I, I, I bring to the table, it's really about just looking at things from a very different perspective and sometimes even thinking really outside the box. And I think it has really helped me in my journey, you know, um, throughout throughout the, the past 25 years. Sunita, I, I really and truly want to say thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, you know, 
you're right. A lot of people do feel like they are minorities in a number of different places. We have become global citizens. I know the world has shrunk a lot, given us a lot of opportunities to to do whatever we want to today. Right? We've had the opportunity given and blessed to us. Uh, and I want to thank you for, for sharing that with all of our viewers, with you know all the audiences that we will have for time and time and time to come. Uh, and for inspiring the next generation of, of uh, uh, professionals as they get into marketing, to innovative idea, to innovation, to business processes, whatever it may be. Thank you so much, Anita. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. Cheers. Hey, guys, for everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us. Again, as I said, this is an amazing start to season three. Uh, I hope you will stay as glued to and of course as regular as you have been watching our amazing sessions if you've got ideas for guests please reach out to us dm me on linkedin or dm us on youtube or any of the lovely channels that you watch us on we'd be happy to take in any suggestions until then stay safe stay healthy <laughs>